Okay, to have you on the bus. Safe. They got. I think um, you're probably the most, or at least one of the most interesting college football players oh. that I think not a lot of people know about. I can confirm that for sure. Right. The second part, anyway. <laughs> I could definitely say that. But oh, I think time, so. so. The first time I, I heard your story, I just thought, wow, like this is insane. I have to meet this guy. And so I'll, I'll give you the the background. We're we're about to play the University of Georgia. This is week one. Yeah, I remember Friday walk through practice. Yes. Yeah, I remember. And so uh, Georgia's probably like a top five team at the time, and we're the SEC game of the week. Yep. Tim Tebow. Uh, Jordan, Jordan Rogers, the whole crew, they're commentating the game. There's a ton of buildup. It's a night game Huge. at Vandy, tons of anticipation. Huge. And, you know, the walkthrough before the game is kind of no nonsense. Like everyone's just, it's a you know, pre-rehearsal. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this kid with a headband. <laughs> He's got tons of armbands on, cleats, <laughs> high socks. He's getting ready to roll. And I think you were stretching. Yep, you might have been getting some agility and you were doing something. And, like, some of my teammates were, like, elbowing me. Like, <laughs> yeah, who is this kid? Because <laughs> we, we went through a whole training camp, yeah. uh, you know, training alongside your teammates. And then some new kid just walks in. And instantly we're, like, okay, he doesn't know how this works. He must not be yeah. from around here. What's like, he doing? Bro, what are you doing? What's he doing? <laughs> Get out of here, bro. We're walking. And then, yeah. And then so you just joined the team. And uh, I guess you could take it from there, but there, there's there's a lot more. Oh, the story started yeah. like way, way early, obviously, when I was in the UK playing. But what you're talking about was, so the, the day that you're talking about was my tryout for the team. I had to jump through several hoops to even get to this point. So, so I didn't that know, day was the tryout. That, that day Friday. was the tryout. Okay. So I was told to come to uh, Coach Horton, who was a great coach, coached at Auburn and uh, Arkansas was there, taking me through a bunch of drills. I thought it was going to be just like a one-on-one coach is trying me out. I get there. You guys are going through your whole walkthrough. I'm like, okay, don't do anything stupid. Don't look stupid. Just warm up on the side. And as soon as you guys finish your walkthrough, they were like, you ready to go? And I was like, yeah, okay, let's go. They ran me through every drill you could possibly imagine. They were like, oh, it's not conditioning, by the way. This is this isn't a conditioning drill. So they just want to see if you're in shape. They would just go, go, go. It wasn't even that. Well, so I spoke to one of the coaches way, way afterwards. And they were like, this kid has been bugging us for some period of time. And he keeps emailing us. Like we turn him away. He keeps coming back, finding a way to just bug us and annoy us. Let's just put him through it. And he's going to leave us alone. Yeah. He's just going to weed him out. Yeah. Like get, get out of here, bro. What are you doing? We're trying to play football. So this day I, I come to this, uh, this tryout. There's so many guys. offensive line coaches there. Quality control guys are there. Coordinators. I'm like, wow, this is tough. There's like 10, 15 coaches watching. I was like, okay, this is, if this, if I make a mistake, it's over. It's, it's just done. Football career has come to a very abrupt end. <laughs> well, also the stakes involved quickly. because you're flying across the Atlantic oh, for, yeah. for this opportunity yeah. just to play American football. Yeah, it's, and then wild. it's, it's kind of like the Olympics, I guess, where you train for four years. Like say you're a hundred meter sprinter. You have one bad run, or one go, bad yeah. sprint and you're done. You're done. You're finished. So if, if this goes wrong, that's it. Yeah. You just walk out. So they put me through all these drills. It's every running back drill you can imagine. Through all the bags, back, through all the bags, back. Jump cut, jump cut, back, back, back. Every route in the route tree. Yo, run a swing. All right, run the angle. Right. Run the seam. Run a go. All of this. Okay, yeah, turn it around. Come back. Run a go again and catch it on the outside of your shoulder. Oh, I, I threw it short. Come back, run it again. Mm. Run the wheel. And I'm just 
gassed. And it was so funny because every time I'd come back, the coach, um, running back coaches or assistants that were there would look at me and be like, you good? You okay? And I was like, yes, sir. Like I'm, I'm sweet. Yeah. Inside I was like, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm like, yo, if, if I don't make it, like if I don't do these drills properly, that's it. It's over. Anyway, we finish up there. That gets done. Uh, the director of player personnel and uh, recruiting just shake my hand and they're like, yep, thanks for your time. Uh, we'll be in touch. I just walked out and I was like, oh. Oh dear, I don't like, did it right. go well? Yeah, How did it go? go what, where yeah. do I go from here? They were like, we'll be in touch. Like no, no time constraints on that, just right. gone. And I just sat outside for like 25, 30 minutes, head in hands. I was like, oh God, <laughs> what have I done? It's over, <laughs> it's, it's over. So, Wolf. but even before then though, like training camp. Oh, you want to hear about it? Okay, yeah. so. I think to me, that's the craziest that's the, part. That's when the wild I heard bit? That, yeah. Okay, so. I finished my degree in the UK in like July of 2019. And I had a quick turnaround. I was like, I have to get to the US to play. Like the season starts at this point. So I, I get recruited into this course at Vanderbilt, for the Master in Finance, great program. I end up going there uh, and like I graduated in at the start of July and I was on a plane two weeks later to the US. I've got like, I'm just throwing everything at this. I'm going to Vanderbilt. They're in the SEC. There's great running backs there. Like Keyshawn Vaughn's a stud at the school. He's been going off. I'm like, this is a great place to learn football. The coaches are great. Derek Mason's a big name coach. Let's go. So I fly there. I go from the airport to the football facility. Like nothing in between. I still got my like plane clothes on. I got my bags with me. I'm like, I'm going straight there. This is going to happen. <laughs> And it's a Friday. So I'm like, I have to do this now quick because I know a full camp starts and they wouldn't answer any of my emails beforehand or any of my calls. Like you just get put through, oh yeah, we'll give you a call back. No, you won't. Kind of thing. Um, so I get there and I catch one of the recruiting guys out and I'm, I'm just like, hey coach, uh, I, I've been trying to contact you guys. I'm OJ. Um, I won a British championship in American football. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm, or at least a few people are concerned, I'm one of the best players to come out of the country, at least in collegiate football. Right. I want to play for you. I've come all the way across the Atlantic to, to add value to this program. That's what I want to do. He's like, okay, yeah, we're all going home for the weekend. Come back, see us Monday. So I was like, oh, okay, sweet. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> let's, let's go. Um, so the weekend goes by. I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Thinking about how to approach this, how to come back. My course has already started. So Monday, first thing, I'm, I'm already in like, class at like 7 a.m. So I'm like, okay, sweet. And it's finance at Vanderbilt. So it's not easy. <laughs> Very Cranking out models at <laughs> Excel models at like one in the morning. Right. Everything's crazy. Everyone there is a stud. Everyone's so intelligent. They're all like physics and engineering majors oh, yeah. from like Ivy League schools that get into this program. Anyway, I come back on that day, go to the front desk. Oh, you know, this coach told me to come back here. Da -da 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 -da. There's a woman on the front desk. Very nice. Put a call upstairs, put the phone back down. Was like, yeah, we'll be in contact. See ya. So I'm like, oh my days. Okay, so I go back. I try and get the name of uh, someone else. And eventually after two or three times coming back, like a week has passed at this point, uh, Austin comes down. You know Austin? Yeah, yeah. He's a cool guy. I like him. <laughs> awesome. Anyway, he's like, yeah, we're going to take a look at your tape and we'll be in contact. So again, I don't know when they're going to get back. I'm sending out these emails, like a week has passed in and stuff like that. And as this is going, I'm like, right, I've got to crank out the gym every day. I'm in the rec, you know, the indoor center. I'm just, I'm just running across the field. I'm just like running routes to myself. I've got the, just a ball myself. I got my helmet that I used at, uh, at Durham in the UK. 
I got pads. I'm like, I'm just going to do all of it myself. Hopefully like, I could do something. During what time is this? Is this during training camp? This is during training camp for you guys. So okay. I would go to the so rec. So I would camp. go in school. I do school during the day, yeah. go train at the gym immediately afterwards. And as soon as I was finished that, I'd go and watch you guys during training camp. Because the fence, you can kind of like peek yeah. over the fence. And yeah. I'm sure someone said, I remember yeah. someone kicking a ball over one time and I'm me throwing it back. And then later when I joined the team, then being like, oh, that was you. I was like, yeah, that was me. I was there like I every day. This, I was like, I was there every day. It was the kickers on the second field, like kicking balls and yeah. someone would go over into the volleyball pit, you know, the, yeah. the sand ones at the end. And I'd like throw the ball back and be like, yeah, no problem, mate. And he'd be like, oh, cheers, bro. And then later on, they were like, oh, you're that guy. And I was like, yeah, I'm that guy. Oh, damn. I was like, yeah, I'm that guy. Yeah. So either way, I was watching all of training camp from like the outside. I would try and figure out like what time you guys finished, what time you would start. I was trying to figure out plays because like, you know how uh, at Vanderbilt, uh, Coach Mason and Coach Fitz and- Talking about our offense coordinator. Yeah. No, no, Coach Fitz, not oh, the Fitch. special teams coach. Special teams coach, Coach Fitz. Okay, okay. And Coach Mason would like shout over the mic. It's really loud. So you can hear what's going on. You can hear the plays. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what plays were what, et cetera, et cetera. What time you come in, how you would train, what drills the running backs were going through. So I was like, I'm going to do that myself in the rec. Anyway, two weeks later, I've figured out a way to get back to the facility. Again, I'm just pestering the guys there and they come out and they're like, we've taken a look at your tape and uh, this is what's the case. We've got as many players as we can have going into training camp, which for Vanderbilt, I don't know if that's true because they're one of the smallest rosters in yeah. the SEC. And they were like, yeah, we, we, you're good, basically. And I was like, yo. As in it's not going to work. As in that's it. As in we've, ta <laughs> we've taken a look at what you've got. We take a look at your tape. We, we have enough players. We have everyone we need. We, we'll give you, we might give you a call in February for some tryouts, which never happened. Uh, so I was like, okay, sweet. That's which tough. is after the season. Which is after which, the season, yeah, which is next season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, oh, damn, that's tough. I was so, so like disheartened. I couldn't, didn't tell my parents anything. I went out. I didn't, I had to go today. I was like, yeah, no yeah, way. went good. They'll be back in contact. I couldn't tell anyone anything because they were going to be like, <laughs> what are you doing? Or, or they were just going to be so disappointed. Right. It would the bring whole the whole, yeah, the whole plan yeah. just up in smithereens. I was like, no, I can't tell anybody anything at all. I've just got to keep it to myself. I'm going to figure something out. I'll figure out a way. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'll figure something out. So then I started thinking, what can I do? And there was this scrimmage the following weekend at the Titan Stadium, or sorry, the next closest weekend. So it was like three or four days after this happened at the Titan Stadium. And I'm like, I'm going to go there and I'm going to try and speak to the NFL guys and just bypass the collegiate guys yeah. if this is how... It's gonna go. Just pull up to the time so facility. This is gonna sound crazy. It's not the time <laughs> facility. It was at Nissan Stadium, like, like the actual a stadium. Nissan Stadium or yeah, Nissan, Nissan if you're Nissan. American. Yeah. Or how do you say it? Nissan. Nissan. <laughs> how do you say <laughs> it? It's Nissan in the UK. Nissan. Nissan. Yeah. Okay. I promise you, it is. Either way, I. Right, so I'm at the Titan Stadium, whatever we're calling it. Yeah. And then um, there's a scrimmage. So like, Tannehill's out there throwing. Mariota's out there throwing. Everyone's going crazy. I was like, for, first of all, this is my first experience in like an American stadium. How'd you get in in the first place? But it's like a free entry. Oh, it it's like, like crowd. It's like to open to okay, the so public. You're in the stands. So I'm sitting in the stands. Okay. I'm yeah, watching yeah. it. And then after it's done, everyone comes over. They sign stuff okay. on the sideline. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I'm like, right, this is it. So <laughs> this is my opportunity. I'm like, this is it. So I'm like trying to work my way around to Coach Vrabel, who's like the head coach right. of the Titans. And I like lean over when he signed all these autographs. He's going from person to person. And I said, hey, Coach, can I can I have one minute of your time. And he's trying to sign all this stuff. He's got no time for this. No, bro, I haven't got time for this. What are you doing? 
I was like, please take 10 seconds. He's like, I, d I just want your advice is all I asked him. And he was like, okay, what do you need? And I said to him, I'm the best running back in my country. I'm a British champion. How can I get from where I am to where your guys are? Yeah. And he's like, you gotta get some college tape, go to a combine or something. And he was like, can you play in college? I was like, yes. And he's like, do you go to college? I was like, yeah, I go to Vanderbilt. And he was like, oh, you need to go and play for Vanderbilt. Right. And I was like, you know, it's, it's tougher than that. You know, it's not as easy. I, I wish it was that easy. I'm trying to, trying to play there, but it's been tough so far. And he's like, you need to speak to coach Mason. And I was like, as, go and speak to the head coach directly. He's like, you need to speak to coach Mason. Yeah. And I said, thank you very much. Like, thank you for your advice. That's perfect. He's like, cool. Carries on signing all the other stuff. And I'm like, cool, sweet. I turned around, walked out the stadium. I was like, I know what I need to do. <laughs> I know what I need to do. I've got it. So I go home, I'm like scheming. I'm also doing homework for like the next week, right. like 2 a.m. writing out these models the whole time, like scheming, how am I gonna get onto this? And meanwhile, your parents have no idea. They have no idea that, that it's going as up in flames it is, as it is. Cause like, if I told them, it, they would just be it so just disappointed. Be, They'll be like, yeah, what yeah. are you doing? Stupid. Yeah. So I start scouting when you guys would leave, when the coaches would leave. And uh, I noticed by the entrance to the stadium, you know, the Star Walk is, yeah. you go down to Vanderbilt, this really nice, expensive car is parked right there. And I was like, who could possibly own <laughs> the G Wagon? This, yeah, the G Wagon, bro, it's such a nice car. Coach who could possibly own this car? Could only be one man, or uh, it could be a few, but realistically, yeah. it could only be one guy. Yeah. So I'm like, right, I need to see when these guys are leaving. So I would go and scout out and I'd noticed at like eight or 9 p.m. you guys would come out this door. So as soon as I could one night, I think it was like the following Monday or Tuesday, all you guys were leaving. I was like, I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna watch you guys practice and I'm gonna go and stand outside that door and I'm not leaving. And I'm not going anywhere until I see a coach yeah. come out of this door. I'm not doing it. I'm gonna be right here. So I'm out there from like seven because I saw you guys go in, but you guys watch film afterwards, you go to meetings. Yeah. I didn't know that, I can't see what's happening inside the building, yeah. I don't know. So I'm standing outside the door on the railings, you know, where everyone takes pictures after the games and yeah. stuff, right there, an hour, eight o'clock, guys start coming out with their dinner and stuff. I'm like starving, I'm like, oh, I wish, <laughs> wish I had some food. Must be nice. Oh, so great, I was like, damn, this looks so good. All these guys come out, nine o'clock, an hour passes, bang. Some, some random coaches start coming out, just walk into their cars, walk straight past me. Don't say a word. Just thinking, who's this guy? He's probably just chilling there. I'm waiting. Gets to like 10 o'clock. I'm thinking, have I missed him? Like I watched so intently every single person come out this door. There's no way I miss him, yeah. right? There's no way. Bang, like 10.15, 10.30, some point like that. It's real late at this point. I'm like, ah, oh, I might have to give up, come back tomorrow. Coach Mason just walks out the door. And I'm like, hey coach, can I, can I have 30 seconds of your time? And he's like, this is late. He's got to be back at 5 a.m. Yeah. He doesn't want to deal with this. Who's this guy? Who's this random person? He's like, no, like he has real deep voice. <laughs> yeah. No, like I got to be up at 6 a.m. I can't do this. So that's a bad imitation. He has a real deep voice, right, right. like real aggressive deep voice. So I'm, I'm like, uh, can I have like 30 seconds of your time? He's like, no, like I've got to be up at 6 a.m. I can't do this right now. And I'm, please, I promise you it'll be worth your time. And he's like, okay, go ahead. And I was like, I'm the best player at my position from my country. I'm a national champion. And I've come here specifically to this university to bring value to this program in any way that I can. And he's like, oh, well, you need to speak to our recruiting guys. Which you've already well, talked to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? And I was like, I have done. And he was like, okay, so, and what? And I was like, it's just not really going anywhere. And he's like, look, I haven't got time for this. He said, come back to my office at seven o'clock tomorrow and I'll speak to you. 
walks off to his car. Let's go! <laughs> I go crazy. Let's go! I fuck it. I I message my parents. Ah, oh, you know, I've it's got me in with the head coach yeah. tomorrow at seven. I'm like, yes, let's go. It's gonna work <laughs> out. Let's go. Arrive the next morning, seven a.m. You probably saw me waiting in the lobby, like randomly, because a load of guys were like, "Oh, who's this random kid <laughs> yeah. in the lobby?" I arrive at seven a.m. They they take me upstairs at seven fifteen, and I'm just sat in the main lobby. You guys are all walking to meetings, walking around. I'm sat there for like an hour and a half. Gets to like 8.30. And then they're like, oh, Mr. Mason, I'll see you now. Or Coach Mason, I'll see you now. Yeah. I come to his office and he's like, sits me down and he says, we're taking a look at your tape, taking a look at what you've done. And here's the deal. A lot of people think they can play in the SEC, but they can't. It's not as easy as that. And I was like, I completely understand that. I'm like, I don't want you to take anything for granted. And he's like, here's what's going to happen. We're going to give you a workout and we'll see what you got. And we'll go from there. And that's all he told me. And I was like, that's, thank you so much. All I want is the opportunity. I don't want any special treatment, nothing like that. I'm not a recruit. I know how recruits are treated in this country. Mm -hmm. I, I don't need that. Just any opportunity at all. I'll take it with, with both hands. Thank you so much. And I leave his office. I leave and I'm like, let's go. So they, they said, we'll get in contact with you a week later. Um, they get in contact with compliance. They're like, sweet, let's get all this sorted. That happened, I had to get all of my records from the UK sent over from like my GCSEs and A-levels, which are like your SATs effectively, right. yeah. my undergrad stuff. And then they give me this date and they're like, on this day, you'll have your tryout, which was the Georgia game. So for this whole time, I've had no other contact. You guys are still going through camp. I'm still coming to watch you, see what you guys are doing. I'm putting all those drills into my drills so that when it comes to uh, like my tryout I, and I get given any runs that you guys have, I know what it is already. Like, I know what you guys are going to call. I know what 18, 17, 16, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. If the coach tells me, I'll be like, oh, I know, I know what the players. I'm like, Alsa's on left, right? That's so crazy Let's go. that you knew the players before. <laughs> I'm like, Alsa's on Remember when we were watching the Georgia game and one of the RBs, Jamari, unfortunately got injured. Like, I remember yeah. watching the play and be like, I know exactly, I exactly. what play yeah. this is. As soon as you guys lined up uh, under insane. center, I was like, oh, yeah, I know what this play is. And then he was really unfortunate. Looking back at it, that probably played a part and me coming into the team, like one running back goes down now, they're like, okay, well, yeah. now we need another guy for scout Actually, team. Yeah, the timing went now we need another guy. I was really unfortunate for him. He's a great athlete. He's incredible. Yeah. Um, but I remember like, doing that tryout. I go home. No one says anything to me. I'm coming to the Georgia game the next day. I'm like, as, as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to support this team as if I'm on it, even though I'm not. Yeah. I'm just in the crowd, just going crazy. Ah! And you know how it is at Vanderbilt. Like sometimes the crowd is not happy with how things are going. And they're yeah. like- Oftentimes. Often they're just- <laughs> Sometimes, unfortunately, um, yeah. Sometimes they're yeah. just not happy with how it's going. Sometimes they are, and especially when you're playing Georgia, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. And the whole stadium was red. Uh, yeah, whole thing was red. I was like, oh my god, just a sea of red. But I've never seen anything like that before because I'm from yeah. the UK. So when we play, there's not big crowds or anything like that. Yeah, I come to here, I'm like, wow, this is incredible. I've seen this on YouTube, <laughs> seen this on TV. This is wild. I remember going into the stadium, um, seeing like the director of player personnel. He's like, oh hey, OJ, <laughs> just walks on, keeps doing, showing their recruits wow. about. I was like, damn, I'll just, I'll just go and watch the game, I guess. <laughs> I'll go and watch the game. So I'm just here going crazy on the sidelines of and I'm taking all these videos. I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Like I'm going to do everything I can to be a part of this. Yeah. Cause this is like a dream for me. It's all I want to do is be a part of this program. Um, and be a part of a football, like the collegiate football in the United States. Right. So that game passes anyway, like a week and a half later, I get this email to say, yeah, can you come in? So I, 
sweet. Yes, it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. This is, I had nothing after the tryout. So I'm like, all right, so uh, we're going to know today. Tell my mom, tell my dad, like, this is what's happening. We're going to find decision out today. Day. So decision day. So I come in and they're like, this is what's going to happen. Uh, we are going to bring you onto the team. Immediately. Let's go. You're going to be a scout team guy for us. You're not going to play. You're not going to dress up. You're not even going to be on the roster, officially. And they never put me on the official roster. They like, told the you ahead of, ahead of time. They told me ahead of time, like, this is what's going to happen. You're not going to dress out. You're not going to dress out. You're not going to dress out. You're not going to play. You're going to be a scout team guy for us. That's it. Wow. Shook your hand. I was like, yeah. I guess I can't say no. I'll take it. Like, this is uh, everything I've worked towards is this. For sure. So I take it. They're like, you're going to go through all this conditioning for the next two weeks. So we have you ready for our time. And then, then we'll go from there. And then you'll be a scout team guy. Yeah. So I come back the next day. They bring me into the locker room. They had recently cut somebody else from the team. So they just threw me some of his stuff, I guess, like secondhand. <laughs> Wait, so you didn't get your own gear? I didn't yeah. get my own gear. No, no, no. It was all secondhand. For, so for like, like for the first pretty much two months of my stay. So it, it had this kid's number on it, everything. Has his name. My, my Vanderbilt bag upstairs still has his name on the bag. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Dude, I, I you know the know you know that. the head is over the locker like it says yes. you know, I didn't even get one of those no. you know Luke Blanton the linebacker yes. I just took his and then wrote OJ <laughs> on it it brought me good luck it was it was it was good it brought so me good luck. just tape over your locker just, yeah just random tape it, it was just empty they just yeah. put me with a specialist and was like oh you can go here yeah. it's empty locker the others next to it were like used by other people and they had like their spare stuff in there <laughs> one the, one the day is used like it's been worn already yeah, presumably it's been used several times. And washed, they wasn't. They didn't give me dirty gear. <laughs> Would never do that. But it's been used. It's used gear. Yeah, no, that's crazy. And then I remember one day coming in for like a weekend, and they were like, "Oh, Jay, it's your lucky day," because they they cleared out all his stuff. Yeah. Just a big white bag of things that were his, and they were like, "Here you go. This is your stuff. Like now you have gear." Because wow. until that, I was just I just had one pair of shorts, one shirt, yeah. and the the Jordans that they wear, and I just was cycling, washing them every day, yeah. and just wearing the exact same thing the next day. And so they gave me this gear for the first two weeks. All I'm doing is conditioning. The conditioning staff is fantastic. So they'll get you in shape. Uh, yeah, yeah. Matt, I love Matt. He was just putting me through the ringer. <laughs> like I remember people seeing me on the sideline. I turn up to practice, just running cross fields, running shuttles, running cross fields, running shuttles, doing quarters, et cetera, et cetera. Running me through the ring. And they were fantastic staff for doing that. And in the first two weeks, that's what it was. They were like, we'll get you in shape. Then you'll come into practice and you'll be a practice squad player, et cetera, et cetera or scout team, or we called it Black Ops at Vanderbilt. Uh, so the first two weeks, I'm going through all this conditioning. Finally, I'm like, yes, now like I'm telling you guys I can play football, please allow this to happen. I remember doing my first few drills, I was like, I'm really happy. They threw in scout team and I asked the guys, um, how does it work? They were like, oh, you know, we're rotating every two, three reps, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm like, sweet. Anyway, for the first, like, for the end of the first week that I was there in pads training with the team, they were like, just stand on the side, just watch. Like, don't do anything, don't get in. I'm thinking, I promise you, coach. Like, during practice. During practice. Okay. They will just stand there. So yeah. I've done all this conditioning. We get to practice, they just stand there. Stand, the scout team. Just stand behind us, please. Don't okay. don't get in the way. Because they, I guess, must have thought, this guy shouldn't really be here. Please just, just get out of the way, bro. <laughs> what are you doing here? The next week, a bunch of running backs at, on scout team get injured. They have a concussion. One guy tears his, his thigh. There's like no one, no one left. There's me and another guy. And I remember... Um, guys jr was there and he'd done his reps he's tired he's coming out i go in to stand in at running back and one of the coaches grabs me by my horse collar and like pulled me and was like who the f are you get out no yeah 
was like, who are you, bro? Get out. Pulled me, pushed me down, and I was just stood there like, wow, this is going to be a tough deal. <laughs> this is going to be tough. This is going to be tough. Anyway, the, the during this week, I'm getting like no reps. I'm becoming frustrated. I have to go and do my own training on my own afterwards because I'm not doing anything at running back. And I want to become a better running back as part of why I'm here. I want to learn the game from the US standard is way higher. Uh, and the other running back goes down that was there. So I'm now the only running back left on scout team. And I'm like, my time has come <laughs> to get some carries on scout team. Let's go, let's run it, let's yeah. go. And I finally started getting involved in scout team and, and running plays. And I was like, finally, like I can see how the game works from this angle. It's getting really good. I feel, I felt like I was doing a good job. And some coaches later in the year came and told me like, at first we were like, who is this kid? And then as we saw you go through the year, we were like, oh, this, this kid has some moves. Like, yeah. let's go. Like this kid can, <laughs> this kid can run the ball. Let's go. This kid's, this kid's all right. Yeah. Um, but even still, regardless of this, for the first like two, three weeks, when I was getting reps in scout team, I couldn't even go to the game. Or I couldn't go to the games. So even when you played NIU, which was like game four, game five, yeah. I wasn't even there. So I'm running scout team during the week, I remember. And then everyone comes to the game the next day. And I remember asking the director of player personnel, I was like, okay, sweet. So where should I, where should I come to the game? Like, how do I get there, et cetera, et cetera. Like, no one's told me about it. Yeah. And he's like, I'll see you Monday. Like, just nothing. see you on Monday. Sweet. I was like, oh, damn. Guess I'm not going. Yeah. <laughs> Guess I'm not going to the game. <laughs> so I'm just going to again to the sideline. I'm like, okay, sweet. I'll cheer for the team. Like, these are still my boys. I see them during the week every day at 5 a.m. when we go in for meetings, etc., yeah. etc. Et Let's go. Uh, and then eventually, I was messaging my parents. I messaged my dad and was like, what should I do? Comes to the next game. And he's like, you need to be at that game. And I'm like, well, they, they told me like not to go. They've, no one's spoken to me about what to do. And he's like, just show up. Just ask the guys around you what to do and just show up. So we run through the whole week of practice. I'm getting more reps at running back. I'm in like now all of the scout uh, special teams, which I'm really happy about. Like I'm going up against real good athletes, trying to, you know, man mark like Elijah Hamilton and stuff. The guys are freak. Mm-hmm. All these great players on special teams, at least athletically great players. And then I, I come to uh, the Saturday and I'm like, right, I'm just going to show up. And at Vanderbilt, there's a thing called the Star Walk where you walk and the crowd's on each side. Oh, probably, you probably had a bunch of people. Oh, it's Mo, let's go. Big Mo posters on the side, like <laughs> waving them about. We didn't have that in the UK, unfortunately. We just walked <laughs> to the field, start a game. Right. But uh, we turn up to the Star Walk. Everyone's in their suits. You know how like players come in their suits. Anyway, I just show up in just this Vanderbilt tracksuit. It's like the only thing I have that's Vanderbilt gear. I'm just turn up. <laughs> that's that's all it is. I don't even have a, I don't even have a jersey at this point. It doesn't exist. Nothing. Nothing. I don't have anything. The, my jersey doesn't exist. This probably has a different person's name on it. I didn't get it until like way later. Um, so I turn up. I do the style. Everyone's looking at me like, "Why are you wearing a tracksuit, bro?" I was like, "Honestly, I'm not even supposed to be here. I'm just." So everyone's wearing a suit. Everyone's wearing a suit. I'm just in a tracksuit, track just walking yeah. around next to these guys. And I was like, "Hey, look, I'm part of it. I'm here. Like, I've got to try and do something to be a part of this team." Yeah. Uh, even if no one's going to welcome me to do it, I've got to do it myself. So I'm just walking down Star Walk. I'm like, finally, I'm on the sidelines. And then boom, we get into the game. I'm like, all I can do is bring energy. That's the only thing I can do to be here. Now I'm British. British fans are pretty rowdy when it comes to sport. I don't know if you remember me being particularly loud oh, on yeah, the sideline. With, with the towel. With the towel going crazy. <laughs> Let's go. Just go crazy. Obviously, I couldn't be like a British fan because British fans are quite aggressive with their chanting, et cetera, et cetera. 
you can't do that in the US. You'll get a flag for unsportsmanlike stuff. You can't just be swearing on the sideline, etc. We was watching like Arsenal, Chelsea at home. That would definitely be, be the case. Oh my gosh, crazy profanities really? everywhere. Just every chant has one in it. I feel like it's similar, like an NFL football game. It like is. If you go like the old Oakland Raiders, or now it's Vegas, the like Raiders. they're notorious for aggressive chanting. I mean, I've never been to like a European soccer game. So oh, you've not lived. I've heard the European basketball, especially in the ultras, the countries is like crazy. European basketball? Do you want to see? Yeah. Do you want to pull it up? Do we have a video or something? Promise you. Go on YouTube, right? And <laughs> and type in type in uh like USA versus European basketball. Oh, you're talking about like the Olympics? No. Yeah, because you're saying USA versus yeah, the you like and like basketball like the, the NBA US? and college basketball <laughs> in the US. Oh, you're saying comparing versus? Okay, go on that top video. You'll see. You'll see what it's like in Europe. When I tell you about like aggressive fans, it's crazy. It's kind of the US or the European fan base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. especially in the ultras, we're talking like Greece, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, where Yanis plays or any oh, of yeah. the Eastern European countries. The Eastern Europeans love it. So like, yeah, in in the US, you guys have like music playing in the stadium. Da, 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 da. In the UK uh, or in Europe, anyway, like you make the noise yourself for the most part. So this is the US stuff. Like Golden State, so like those tickets are so expensive. The kind of people that are there, I'm going to be up there. Okay, this is Minnesota. That's pretty cool. Where is this? That Minnesota, right? College. Okay. College basketball is kind of rowdy. Like if you look at Duke. Just wait until you see. Yeah, wait until you see the European Thank one. You. It's crazy. <laughs> Just back? watch it, bro. It's wild. Still college. It's watch. Wow. Just watch, sorry. It's wild. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Warning, loud sound. It's crazy. There's no way. The it's like a fight's gonna large. break up. There's no way. It's <laughs> <laughs> the basketball game. It's proper chaining. It's like a race. It's just pitch dark. Pitch dark. Until they start putting flares up and stuff. That happens a lot, especially in Greece. Flares. Yeah, look. No <laughs> way. Yeah. Dude, this is insane. Insane. I wish I wish our basketball games were like that. Looks like a football match. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it looks like yeah, it looks like a soccer match. That's what I, in the ultras as well, this is what this is what soccer looks like. It's not the same as here, I promise you. So players <laughs> on the court. Yeah. Wow. Everything. I'm guessing your football games at Durham were like that. No, they were not. Certainly not like this. Oh, look at this. I love this one. They throw like all their tissues in the air or something, I think. What country is this? Greece. Eastern Europe. Eastern Greece, yeah. What? <laughs> Wait, they're, th they're throwing <laughs> stuff on the court? Yeah. How are they playing? They can't play. <laughs> they have, they have to the fans, the look at them. They're just going crazy. These guys are all drunk. Like, yeah, that's a you, party. You guys that's have, you guys have, um, like, um, what do you call it? tailgates here? Yeah. In Europe, you just go to the pubs before, like, people will just get wasted or yeah. drunk on, on beers. That's come to the so stadium and just start going that, just wild. Crazy. I'm that a big soccer fan. Uh -huh. I've just never realized the crowd rolls over to the European. Oh, huge. Yeah. That's amazing. Huge. Soccer in Greece or something like that yeah. is, is very similar. That's the way I imagine like Bill's Mafia. Yes. But times Times 10. These guys are going crazy. That does not They love it. They have no idea what's going on. They're just there, just shouting. There's a fire in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> this is a health that hazard. How does them have any idea this what's going on? This is a health hazard. Of course. They love it. Wow. I would, I would love to be there. It'd be amazing. That experience would just be insane. It'd be amazing. It's also so weird to see like- Can you imagine, can you imagine like being a player though? 
But that's going the on in the background. You'd be ready to fight. The energy's insane. <laughs> You'd be ready to fight. Yeah. You'd be ready to fight. They're crazy. Even college football games, to some extent, like that's probably the closest thing I would say in the United States. Like that level of energy. Uh, yeah, like all the Penn like State the drunk or something students. like yeah, white out. The white out games, <sighs> the swamp. Yeah, that's huge. Notre Dame's crazy. We played that two years ago. Uh, Georgia's crazy. The big house. Mm. The big house. Never been there. I've never heard that. For sure. Yeah, 150,000. Night game at LSU. On Baton Rouge. See, but yeah. The real Death Valley. It's just it's it? not the same as Greek basketball. Ah, that's all right. Maybe if football doesn't work out. Yeah. Just go and work on your three point. <laughs> work on your three point shots. Go play some European basketball. Yeah. So I want to know more about you playing at Durham. Oh my I'm, gosh. I'm okay. guessing. So it's nothing similar to this. It's not like, like this. Like football is like what, like what number sport in priority would football be? American football in, in England, right? It'd be like soccer, rugby. Uh, I mean, there's probably Formless. at least Soccer, five more. Rugby, right? athletics, rowing. Yeah. Uh, cricket is huge. Yeah, that's true. All before American football. All before American football. So, so American football is very, very low down. But there are there's yeah. a niche of people in the UK that really enjoy American football. But American football is very low down on the list of uh, importance. So However, at my yeah. university that I went to, uh, it's important at that university because they win a lot. <laughs> so... Uh, I guess they pour a lot of money into it, especially on their scholarships. Are you trying to find that? Uh, I think it'll be British National Championship or like Bucks National Championship 2018, I believe, or something like that. If you're looking for our game, we can pull up some, some so, highlights. So you're a race car driver growing up. Oh, now we're getting from, into it. <laughs> from, from youth. Well, because this ties into Durham, right? It does. So from, from you know, I don't know what eight age. to 18. From, okay, so I was eight like a 18, racing driver. That's your life. That's and my life. One day you wake up and you say- I'm no longer a racing driver. You say, I'm going to play American football. Okay. In this country where it's the 10th most prioritized sport. And I'm going to- oh, And then after far, winning yeah. a national championship I'm in this go, country- I'm going to go play in the US. I'm going to move to the United States. Okay, so we can get into the racing stuff at some point, but I was yeah. a racing driver for most of my- most of my young life, pretty much. My whole life, even though it was pressed to me by my parents, like education is very important. You must score the highest uh, educational uh, results, et cetera, et cetera. You got, you got to test well, you got to do all of this. My life revolved around sport. When I was a racing driver, I'm in Italy one week. Next week, I'm in Spain. Next week, I'm in France. Next week, I'm in Germany racing, et cetera, et cetera. All around Europe. All I know is racing. You couldn't have pried it from my hands between the age of eight and 18. I would not have allowed anybody to do that. And then one day at 18, just hit time, like, look, okay, you're not gonna be a racing driver. You've got to do other things for a, for a number of reasons. You've got to go to university. You've got to get an education. You've got to be ready for, for business and whether that be family business or business of other sorts when you're older. So I'm like, right, I'm going to Durham University. And I get there and I'm like, I find it so hard to go from, my life revolves around sport just no sport at all. Right. I'm like, this is crazy. I can't do it. So there's a sports fair where all the teams are around doing all this sports stuff. Oh, come and join our team. Come and join our team. I'm just walking around. I'm like, right, what am I going to go and play? Because I'm going to play something here. I'm going to yeah. play for the university. I want to be on varsity. Something. I'm going to do something. Yeah. I'm walking around a sports fair anyway. I see American football. And I saw baseball when I looked at baseball. And I saw American football. I looked at football and I was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. And there were like American guys there promoting it. There were the scholarship guys were there. And they were like, yeah, like, we're pretty cool. Like sign up, come to our tryout. Just do it. 
I was like, uh, you know, the trial's pretty far away. It's a half an hour drive. All right, I'll do it. Sign up. Let's go. I was like, that looked pretty cool. I'm so excited. I went out and brought some cleats that would work for American football, some gloves. I was like, let's just see how it goes. I'm like, not built for this. Body-wise, I was like a racing driver, so you're pretty in shape, but you're light. You weigh like 76, 77 kilograms, and to play running back at my height in the league, you need to weigh like 90, 91, 92. Anyway, I turn up to this tryout. I'm pulling up. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of people here. There's like 100 people just trying out for this team. Who's going to make it? And I go to the running back station. We're working through all these stations, receiver station, lineman station. I'm not going to be a lineman, not going to be a linebacker for obvious reasons, <laughs> right. like 5'8". Gets the running back station. There's all these cut drills. Now, I used to do a lot of training with um, Marshall Milton Keynes running club when I was back down south before I moved to university to stay in shape. I like sprinting. So I was like 100 over to American football. When I got there, I was like, you know, I'm a speed guy. I'd find myself pretty fast, especially in, in short spaces. So there's two running backs there that are on scholarship. There's a guy called John Taggart who uh, played professionally in China. He was a division two at the University of Lincoln here in the US. He had like all of these offers out of high school, great running back. And there was another running back called Saitu Smith, who's now a coach with the Browns. He like really mentored me in the game. Oh, yeah, he's a coach with the Browns now. He was, he was at Dartmouth. Uh, What's he coaching? Like? I could probably look, could I look it up? I'll look it up. Bowling could probably look it up. What's his name? That's a good point. Yeah, Saitu. Saitu Smith. He was Harvard's running back. Saitu is a S-E-I-T-U and then Smith. And I think he's the second. I'm pretty sure he's the second. Did you ask Justice if he played with Saitu? Yeah, he did. He remembers him? Yeah, he remembers Saitu. Hmm. I was like, oh, that's my guy. Yeah. I should play with him in the UK. So Saitu's... Oh, there it is. Yeah, he's with the Browns now. Smith, Cleveland Browns. He's like my guy. Yo, let's go. First year. That's a great that's a great gig. Oh, he's great. He's fantastic. He was the best, like, one of the best mentors I've yeah. ever had at the game. Must be a smart guy, too. He's incredible. Oh, so he was at Dartmouth. He was, he was at Harvard. He coaching. played at Harvard, coached at Dartmouth. Yeah. Where else did he coach? Looks like he was Brown's quarterback coach. Then he goes to Dartmouth. Um, yeah. Does a bunch of stuff. But he's incredible. That's a good gig, yeah. So he's, he's moving up. Yeah, he's moved. Yeah, that's he's, a huge gig, by the way. QC at, at an NFL he's incredible. franchise. He was like, he was great socially with the team. Like, he really made the team feel like you were part of a brotherhood, et cetera, et cetera. But on top of that, he really cared mm-hmm. for younger guys like me, for British guys. He wanted to pull us up to the American level. So I yeah, get with him. He knows. He how, knows right, right. That's a great how, how to go. So I'm like, this guy's perfect. This was just chance. Like, this you was, didn't know he was there. This was, ch- I had no idea. I just wow. turned up. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't expect there to be this level of player yeah. here. And they're talking about how they played in the US. They talk about having like thousands of fans at the stadium. <laughs> You're on TV. I'm like, yo, this is like, crazy. This is, crazy. Yeah. this is crazy. So I start training with him and I'm thinking, you know, year two, year three, I'm going to be the guy here. If I can just keep at this, let's go. I'm training with Sai too. I'm training with John. They're both mentoring me. They're helping me every day. Bang. Week two, week three. Torn ACL. Out for the season. Saitu. Uh, John, unfortunately. Okay. So he got injured. Really unfortunate. Like, wasn't his fault at all. He, the ball was fumbled. He jumps on it. Someone comes in, like, puts his helmet through his knee. Guys, like, yeah. come on. I was already on the ground. Like, it's not my fault at all. He's no, no fault of his own. He's done. So I'm like, okay, sweet. They're like, next man up. Next man up. <laughs> let's go. So I'm like, wow, I've been playing this game for two months and I, I love it. I loved everything about it. I was at Durham University, a great university. Everyone's going out, drinking with their friends. Da, da, da. I couldn't wait to go to football practice. I could not wait. Every day I'm like, let's go. We train 
on the field like two, three times a week. I was like, I wish yeah. we were on the field five days a week. I'll be there every Love day. It. Can't wait. Go to this game. Uh, I, I stepped in for the remainder of the game. We didn't really do anything. They just put me in pass protection. They, they didn't want to throw me the ball. They didn't want to risk giving me the ball just in case you fumble it and give the game away because you're still this freshman kid. Like right. you've only been playing the game for two months. So the next week I was training. Now I'm the back because we don't have the same numbers we do in the, U uh, in the US. There's not like a hundred people on the program. There's like 50. And so a bunch of them play special teams. I was playing special teams the first few weeks, but now game three or game four, I'm the starting running back as and, a true we're, and we're as a true freshman. And we're playing against the reigning national champions. Uh, they're called the Sterling Klansmen. They're our rival. They're the biggest sports university in Scotland. They're a big really? Scottish team. You play now, Scottish teams. We play Scottish teams now. Well, there's only one in our division in okay. the Premiership in the UK. Uh, and Sterling are famous because they they come out with this big sword. No way. Because they're clansmen, right? And they wave it around. And they stab it in the ground of the stadium. It's crazy. They're these huge it's like guys. The Florida State yeah. Thing where they like put in. Where the they put the uh, yeah, yeah. the Seminole where he puts a spear in the ground. It's exactly like that. That's pretty cool. So they come out. They put this big spear in the ground, and we're rivals because. Durham is known for having all of the NCAA players, loads of American players on the team. We have the most NCAA players in the really? country. People resent us for that. Okay. They were like, oh, whatever. So like, you just got a bunch of Americans. Yeah. Okay. Sterling was effectively Team Europe. They had a bunch of Bulgarian yeah. pros. They had a bunch of guys from Italy or Austria that were playing. All the big European players came play for Sterling. All the Americans came over, played for Durham at the time. Nottingham now has also a few US scholars that come over. By the time it was Durham uh, and Sterling that did that. Anyway, I get in this game. I'm like, let's go. Like, it's time to go. Finally get my first carries. I don't know how it happened. I remember like just thinking, I'm not sure what's going on here, but I'm just running. I've got like five or six run plays. None of them have been tackles for loss. I've had a catch in this game. Anyway, we're at, like the 10 yard line. They call a run. I'm like, oh, what's going to happen? It's my time to shine. Oh, what's going to happen? Call a the play. They hand the ball off. It just opens up like the Red Sea. I was like, ah, let's go. <laughs> All I know, just run. Just get in the end zone, bro. I run. I remember just... Some guy coming to hit me, safety comes down. I'm like, just go bang. I'm on the ground. I'm like looking around like, what happened? What happened? I look at the ref, he's just like, touchdown. <laughs> All my boys are like, ah, go crazy. I was like, yo, what on earth just happened? Like I really just scored a touchdown against yeah. the Reigner National Champions. Like first game in, right. no idea what's going on. I was like, yo, this is crazy. I only had a few yards and I must have had like 50 yards in the game. But the touchdown was enough. Like we won the game by two, three touchdowns. And I was like, yes. Went man. home, we, we drive. So we get the coach. We don't, we don't do what Americans do. We don't stay in the hotel the night before. We just wake up 4 a.m., drive up to Scotland, play the game, drive back. We get back at like 11. <laughs> 11 at night, 12 at night. Go to school the next day. Go to lecture the next morning. So we win this game. We're going back. I'm just hyped. And it, uh, that day, like I knew I was like, I want this feeling yeah. every day. I'm going to do Chasing everything. I can. I'm just going to chase after this feeling. Like this is what I want to do. I have to do this every single, every single week. And then after that, we played the University of Derby and we had these games later in the year. And then one game goes off at Derby away and I've had my first 100-yard game. I've got a touchdown in the game. And I'm celebrating and the other guys were like, oh, you know, you're like the best kept secret in the Northern Division. I know I was talking about you, but you're slippery. Like you're getting three players. And yeah. these are Americans telling me this. There's like American players there. And I'm like, oh, this is serious. <laughs> we finish off the year. We go to the national championship, which I didn't play in, unfortunately, because my finger was broken. Uh, in the national ch uh, semi-final. I what remember. year is this? It's 2000 and... I'm saying for you, like, what classification? Still your oh, freshman still my freshman year. year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's 2017, technically, because we play the national championship in March. It's like a really late season compared to the US. So uh, in the national semi-final, 
I'm running with the ball. Just a, it was a small breakdown up front. Defensive tackle comes through. I'm like, sweet, dodge this guy. Turn right. Bow. Defensive end just puts his helmet through everything. I'm just on the ground looking up like, okay, sweet. Whatever. I can't really feel my hand. It's really cold anyway. It's cold in the UK at this time of year. I look at my hand and my fingers are like, like that. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's not right, is it? Drive finishes, come off the field, and I could like move the top of my finger independently from the rest of it. And I was like, ah, this is not good. Not good at all. It's a bad deal. The coaches were like, nah, it's probably just cold. I think it'd be fine. We finished the game. We won the game. We're going to national championship in the next couple of weeks. I was like, they said, oh, you know, go to the hospital, check out in the morning if you still feel it. So I went home. I had this project due. So because we we're so on with football that you didn't really have time for projects and stuff uh, at Durham. Durham's such a really, really top school in the United Kingdom. It's like top five, top six. Mm. So I go home, finish this project. It's like 2 a.m. I finish it, submit it, drive straight to the hospital. Go in. I'm like, oh, could you x-ray this? They're like, yeah, sweet. Let's have a look. And they were like, what are you doing, bro? Your finger's broken. Why don't you come straight here? <laughs> it was broken the whole What time. are you doing? <laughs> so you played through it broken. So I played through it broken. And they were like, what are you doing, bro? Like, your, your hand's broken. You need to go into surgery. This is, I was like, oh, sweet. Okay. So I went and got the surgery. Hands all plastered up. And the coach was like, yeah, we made the decision. Like, you can't play running back at this. We're going to have to pull Saitu. Saitu plays at running back uh, for the rest of the national championship game. The rest of the season technically is any game. And we were really unfortunate and we lost the national championships. We came second in the country to the Sterling Klansman, wow. who I scored my first touchdown yeah. against. So I was like, no, <laughs> this did not just happen. Like, please. Because I, I was so excited for that game. Because we already played him once. Yeah. I'm ready to go out there, just do what I did. And there was the other good running back in the UK, Thomas Campbell, played for them. He was like a big Team GB guy. And I was like, I need to go out here and, and, and score a touchdown, but my hand's broken, I'm not playing. So I was like, real commiserate. And I went away in the off season. I spoke to Sai too. I spoke to John, my mentors. I was like, what do I need to do to, to be better? This coming season, I'm like, do this, put on this much weight, work on your speed. Yeah. All this, uh, da, 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 da. come back the next season. I'm the start of the following season. Again, I have a good season. Now I'm, I'm really getting into the groove of being a starter. And I shared some reps with another guy called Dev Anderson. He was a, a big, I believe he's either one AA or, or Division Two guy here in the US. He came over, he's our scholarship back. We play in the national championship game together. Me and Dev sharing reps. I score the game winning touchdown in the national championship game. Running in from the 10 yard line. We're going crazy. We're like, yeah, let's go. They're popping champagne in the, <laughs> in the rugby stadium afterwards. Oh, yeah. They're going crazy. I was like, yo, this is sweet. This is perfect. So I put all of my, my like highlights of this season up. But, Highlights in the UK are tough because teams don't always share the film. So if you have a good game at an away game, you may never see that film. No way. You may never get it. So like in the UK, like if I pulled up my highlight tape, it's made from like five games. Really? And I played like 30, but I don't have the film from games that I've and played it, well in. It's not even necessarily your best five either. No, no. It's, just, just, ran it's just five random five games, games that I can find film from. Your entire career. Yeah. Just you still a good highlight tape. No, it was awful. <laughs> Compared to now, it's awful. But Yeah, yeah. But uh, it worked for the time. But um, yeah, I can't get hold of this film. So I'm just like, oh, what can I do? I try and get my information out online. And I get invited to this Pro Football Hall of Fame international camp in Ohio. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be my first experience being in the United States, going out there. So the summer after we win the national championship, this is my sophomore year. Okay. I go out to Ohio and I'm training uh, at the Pro Football Hall of Fame camp and against all these American kids that are maybe two or three years younger, but they're top recruits in the country and we go through all this combine testing, you know, like Braxton Miller's there really? taking us through drills. Coach Periani from the Texans is there wow. taking us through drills. He was my guy. 
uh, he was my coach when I was there and a guy called Mark Wright runs the program. And at the end of it, um, you know, I spoke to another uh, bunch of representatives from the University of Malone that were there checking me out. And they were like, oh, you know, we could speak to this kid. He's cool. And I, I remember speaking to Mark Wright, uh, who's the guy that runs the program at the end. And he was like, listen, there's a spot for you in division one in this country somewhere. Finish your degree at Durham and walk on to a US team. And this is where the, the idea to come to Vanderbilt kind of started off. Yeah. Just from that day onwards, I was like, right, everything I do from this point onwards is going to be to make sure that I can get myself to a US team somehow. But he told me it's going to be tough. Recruiting in this country is based off of high school football tape. And it's very, very tough in this country. If you don't come from here, your tape doesn't really matter. You win a national championship in the UK. Okay. That doesn't mean anything here. Like, it means nothing. Yeah. You didn't do it in the United States. You didn't do it on US soil. And it doesn't mean anything to us because mm -hmm. we, we don't have the connections with the coaches. I can't ask a high school coach how you did. You do the same thing and you go to a big high school here in the US, even if it's in a small state in, say, Montana or something. It's a big deal. Yeah. You're the best player in your state. Oh, you want a championship in your state? Yeah. Oh, well, here's an offer. He was like, it's never going to happen for you. It's not going to be possible. But what you could do is try and walk on. And just force your way in because if you go and play and you show that you got talent at the game and you show that you love the game, it will happen. So, went home another year, play another year at Durham, get everything through, graduate as quickly as possible. So, like two and a half years technically after I started Durham, I finished. Two weeks after I graduate, I'm in Tennessee and I'm like knocking on the door of Vanderbilt, like let me in, please. And that's when the Vanderbilt story starts. So when Mark told you, this is the best plan for you. Yes, you should walk on at a D1 school. Yes. That's the first time you realized this plan, this or was is, this, no, no? It's like was this thought of before, like, look, I'm the best player in this country. I won a national championship. Like, at what point did you realize so this is the dream, uh, college football, and then you know, even after that, professional football in the NFL. So, when we won the national championship, and even before that, actually, the previous year when I had Saito as my mentor and John as my mentor, they were saying to me like, you really could play in the US, bro. Like, there's there's a possibility you could really play a team in the US. Like you keep working on what you're doing, you keep working at craft, really go out there and play, even though you've only been playing a game a year or two. You know, most kids in this country have been playing it since they were peewee football, right? You're yeah. small. Oh, no, I doubt. was busy driving. Since five. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And I've been playing it since my, I think my first game was when I was 19. That's so crazy. It's wild, right? <laughs> That's crazy. My first game, I'd, I'd already turned 19. Um, and it was like, yeah, this is, this is a possibility for you. Yeah. And then I didn't know how I was going to make that adjustment. And how I was going to make my way to the US. I didn't know how the system worked. I didn't know how walk-ons worked, scholarships worked. I had no idea. When I went to this camp in Ohio and I, I spoke to the guys there and Mark Bright uh, told me about what I should do. I was like, this is how I have to do it. And my parents and um, my dad and my mother who have like supported me through my sporting career up until this point, who want to push for me to be a sportsman. were like, you need to go and do this. It has to happen. Like you have to go to this camp in Ohio. You have to perform. You have to do all of this correctly which hopefully we did. I find myself at USC now, so <laughs> it went all right, yeah. I guess. <laughs> it went okay. Yeah. It went all right. Um, and when I got there and they told me about walking on Division One school, I was like, well, this is how this has to come about. Mm -hmm. And then from that day onwards, I was just emailing every single school, my highlight tape, hey coach. I made this big directory of every single Division One football program yeah. with every head coach's email, yep. every recruiting coach's email, Every running back coach's email. I still have it. It's like it's huge Excel files. You're like, yeah, I still have mine as well. From, 150 from teams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. And I'm just cranking emails out. Yeah. And I think like two teams replied. 
Yeah. Like one or just two. Just shooting shots. Yeah. Just, it's probably a similar situation from like junior college football to where you were, where it's like, hey, I need to get out of here. Yes. Like How? this is the only way. And it's like a moment of uh, almost desperation. I don't know if that's yeah. the right word, but it's like I'm cold calling yeah, everything. at least 50, 50 different coaches a day. Yep. Let's go. Just, Hello. hey, my name is Mohassan. I already have everything, not scripted, but like I know in my head exactly what I'm saying just because I've done it so many times. Um, you know, <laughs> I play uh, quarterback here at Coffeeville Community College. I'm looking for a spot. I'm graduating now in the spring. I'm ready to go. Let me send you my highlights. It's that. It's Twitter DMs. Yep. It's phone calls. Yep. Ton, I mean, emailing. Literally on the computer, you wake up at 8. Mm-hmm. You just get back from a workout or something. You're in your dorm. Emails, from 8 a.m. to probably... Yeah. You know, eight nine p.m. Just rinse it the through entire day. Yep. I mean, it, it's the only way. Compiling the email yeah. list as well takes time as well. That too. That and was long. Yeah. Oh my god. And gosh. at least for me, like, I already have a, a network of like boys who are at different universities. Yep. Like people I know from high school around the South Florida area that I can reach out to. Hey, send me your head coach's number. Send me your position coach's number. Let me reach out to them. For you, huh? literally across the I country, have nothing. You have nothing <laughs> have to no start off doors, from. None. You just have the generic email that they put on the website, but yeah. how often are they really checking? Well, recruiting at WWE. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. not checking that. Well, they're Never not seeing. Not if that. it says British running back or UK running back. I put yeah. subject line. Never. So no, I really thought that. That's how it was. It was just cold calling, cold calling, cold calling, and eventually we landed on Vanderbilt because my parents were like, well, "We will allow you to do this because it's such a good education." So, if you're going to shoot your shot, even though they haven't answered back, no teams have really answered back. This is a good enough shot. Where if it didn't work out football, at least you're getting a a master's in finance at Vanderbilt. I think at the time it was rank one in the world for master's in finance, according to the Wall Street Journal. So they were like, this is okay if if it doesn't work out. You can come home and just be a, just go and work in London in banking or something. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) So you go from, you go from a, well, amateur, right? Amateur racing. Technically it's amateur racing. Yeah, no one's really professional until Until either DTM or, or Formula one really as a test driver so you go from amateur or semi-professional so you go karting right that's like yeah that's that's the initial phase that's the initial phase of racing yeah and then you work your your way into single seaters single seaters like f4 yeah all the way up to f1 correct and so this is your life you know from the age of eight correct and then you know you're traveling all over europe yeah every week and and this is all you know everything and then you look at yourself now you well, this past year, right? I could you not played, have called you this. played running back yeah. at <laughs> University of Southern California. Could not have called it. <laughs> what that's if really I told good. you know the eight-year-old you uh, or the ten or twelve-year-old that's working your way up? You couldn't have told me at any age up until the day that I knew I wasn't going to be a racing driver anymore that that's not what I was going to do for the rest of my life, for the rest of my working life at least. Yeah, couldn't have told me. I wouldn't have believed you. Would have been like this. There's no way. This is all I do. This is all I know. Yeah, because that's its own commitment. Right? Oh, huge. It's like it. you're training 24-7. Your life is dedicated. Even, even school, right? Like, for the most part, you're homeschooled because you're traveling Correct. all over Europe. So, like, I, there was one year at high school where I had, like, 60% attendance <laughs> or 50-something percent attendance on a year. That's more than I would have thought, honestly. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's all right. But, I mean, it's because the season would end, so you'd yeah. be there for the last half of the year. But for the first half of the year, you're not there at all. You just go away, and they're like, yeah, read this, 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 and this. And I'm like, pfft. I'm in Italy racing. I'm not reading. <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm You're in reading. Monaco. You're well, like, like, dude. I'm not reading this. <laughs> yeah. I'm racing. And then I get back and just crank out like as much as I could. And I was fortunate enough to do well enough in my GCSEs and A-levels to go to a top uni. How's that life just on the road? Amazing. 
excellent. Honestly, there's still now there's nothing like being a racing driver in my opinion. I miss it every day. There's, there's dream. I still dream about it. Like there's there's nothing that can compare. In my what opinion. about it? I get. I would say the thrill. I love. I'm a big thrill seeker. But the thrill of being a racing driver, the lifestyle of being a racing driver, the I don't even know how to say it. The creed, I guess, of being a racing driver. Yeah. Like you, you live it. Well, Similar I, to you being a footballer now. Like you really yeah. live. It's your life. Yeah, you really live. Being. I a didn't footballer. understand until probably this week when when I started reading a little bit more how big F1 was. Huge. Because in Huge. the United States, I feel like we. I mean, I never IndyCar, watched F1. I, I knew of Lewis Hamilton, just the name. Like, if you told me, hey, who's Lewis? Big name. I'd be like, yeah, like, he races. I, I something. Like something. <laughs> IndyCar, NASCAR, something. But, like, you wouldn't know. But what was it like? I think it's, like, some daily viewer. Not daily, but, like, a, like a yearly viewership of, like, 500 million or something yeah, so stupid. Over right? the period of the calendar year, yeah. Formula One is up there with the most viewed sports on the earth. Right. Which is crazy. Right, because the international status, yeah. right? It's people love Formula One internationally. Mm -hmm. People would turn up to Formula One everywhere. Like back in the day when I was young and I was fortunate enough to be invited to some Grand Prix, I went to the Silverstone Grand Prix, I believe, <laughs> with McLaren, bless you. And I went to the Italian Grand Prix with Ferrari, so I'm in the paddock there. You would just see people just lined up. Hundreds of thousands of people, especially in Italy. Yeah. They're so passionate about Ferrari there. Like when the race is over and Alonso or Massa had won, I believe. I was only like eight or nine at the time. I was there to see some uh, some big racing managers and speak to them. But I remember seeing the track and there's just people just line up, thousands of individuals just trying, screaming. Yeah. They love the car. They love they love the, the heritage, you know, what it means to their country, et cetera, et cetera. So you're moving up in the racing world. You go from karting. Correct. And you go to F4, right? I go I car in and then I did some when I was really young I did something called the BMW Talent Cup or at least the start of it um, in Valencia and, and at Brands Hatch at the time I was like one of the youngest ever drivers at this I was like 13 wow. years old in the BMW program you're saying yes okay. I'm pretty, we could probably find it if we typed it up online if, if we just typed in my name and then put BMW I'm sure we'll, we'll come across something anything at all and so this is their training program? This is like a training program early to so like bring guys that are young and they're in carting into single seaters to get them in early. The usually the younger you are and you get into single seaters, yeah. the, it's better. the quicker you'll progress. So everyone starts in carting though, no matter what. You're the best in the world, you're a prodigy, you're gonna start in carting. Everybody. Is that the same as like everybody? Like with baseball, doesn't matter if you're number one recruit in the country, you're gonna go through the minors. That's Correct. like essentially the minor leagues. It effectively is, yeah. Okay. Every single person starts in car, and that's where every great driver begins. There's very few drivers who begin with with just single seater racing. It's very, very rare. Most guys go through karting. Mm -hmm. Guys are in big karting teams. I mean, I was when I was I think thirteen or fourteen, I joined the Intrepid Driver Program, which is a big Italian team. It's me. Robert Schwartzman, he's he's in Formula Two. He finished like top three in the championship. George Russell, he drives for Williams. Charles Leclerc, he drives for Ferrari. Uh, Dorian Boccalacci, huge huge driver in I believe Formula Three or Formula Two. Uh, all of these like huge names. Alex Albon drove for Red Bull. Wow! Like these are all the guys of these guys are racing against. They're on my team. They're teammates. Oh, they're on your my team. Teammate. Max Verstappen drives for Red Bull. On your team. On my team. The teammates. How many teammates do you have in Formula One? Former teammates. Well, once you're when you're karting, several, because you're in different categories depending on your age. I and thought so it was like F1 where you have two, one teammate. No, 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 no. 
in, in Carlton, you have several teammates. You could have, have a team of 20 drivers. Really? Yeah, especially like I drove for... I how many total drivers? In the team? Yeah, or, in or the, like in the whole... In like my track. category. So when I went and raced in a category called like KF3 and we were in World Series or WSK, we call it, that would be like 200 drivers. Oh, there you go. Look at that image there. It'd be my first Formula BMW test on the left. <laughs> Keep going left. Right there. I'm like 13. I was at Brands Hatch, I believe. Back uh, back in the day. There you go. And so I was that's like real young. <laughs> that's once you've already graduated from karting, right? No, I'm still karting at that's this time. Kart. I'm doing both. I'm juggling both at the same time. Oh, you can do that's both. a single seater. That's like a Formula BMW car. Mm. This was whilst I was real Dude, young. How fast I, does I that go? 140 mile an hour? 140. I don't know. If you drove it in a straight line for a very long time, probably go faster than that. But at a track, you could hit 140, I believe. Yeah. At Valencia, or uh, Jaref, we call it. There's a really long straight. And so you, you go quite fast in that thing. You pick it up. But yeah, I got really lucky because I, I performed well in the British Championship and had won this opportunity to go and be at the Formula BMW test and, and wow. get into the car early. And then I performed well at Silverstone. So I got to go to, uh, sorry, I performed well at Brands Hatch. So I got to go to Valencia. And I was juggling that with kart racing as well at the time. But uh, When did the McLaren program come into play? Ooh, when was I on the McLaren Driver Academy? I would have been very young when I started going down to Woking and being at the McLaren uh, Technology Center. MTA is wild. See the place, it's crazy. It's like a spaceship. You'll see it. If you, if you type up um, really? McLaren uh, Technology Center, it's incredible. This is the best of the best. This is incredible. The best racers in the world. This place here. is wild. The best place, the best drivers in the world are there. It, it was me. I had a teammate at the time uh, in Carton at Richard Lock Racing, and it was uh, a guy called Lando Norris. He now drives for them uh, in Formula One. You'd have to type in McLaren Technology Center. It's in Woking in the United Kingdom, which I believe is southwest of London, I believe. And at the time, Lewis Hamilton's oh, he's driving he's like, for McLaren. He's, he's at the facility. And so you're, he's there you're upstairs. training with him. He's there upstairs. Like, you're walking down the hallway and it's the greatest I remember. I remember all of us being of there time, and like the best driver of all time. He's like up with Ron Dennis, who's like the leader of the team. Yeah, we would show up here. We did our, we did our training here in the gym. Dude, this looks insane. We did, they'd take us through the facility. We, we would um, do all of these Batak wall tests and stuff like that. There was a, a bunch of international drivers were there. Lando Norris was my teammate at the time, and he was also there. This is Obviously, he, he now drives. This is the McLaren Technology Center. This is where they, they build their Formula One car. What kind of training? Everything. Like physical training. It was a lot of yeah. cardio work, a lot of core work. Really? It was, yeah, huge, huge core work, especially being a racing driver. The, there's no, Hold not really as much. Holding on this fucking thing, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would think a lot of, I didn't think core. I would have said a lot of grip. Grip is huge. Yeah, yeah. huge grip. <laughs> I remember shaking Lewis Hamilton's hand for the first time when I was like eight or nine. I thought he was going to break my hand. And for him, he probably didn't even, yeah. he's not even thinking about it. Oh, hey, hey, how's it going, bro? Bang. I was like, oh my gosh. Better make sure I give everybody a firm handshake after yeah. that. I was like, oh, I'll live up to this handshake. Like, you properly that. like squeeze your hand. Oh shit, look, it's up for sale. Is it? Let's go. You thinking about purchasing it? Yeah. <laughs> Throwing a bid. Yeah. So they've got the simulators in there. They've got everything. The whole thing. Everything is in this building. And I've also done some work. I, I was quite lucky um, when I was back in the UK, lived in Milton Keynes. I was right next to the Red Bull Technology Center, the Red Bull headquarters. Oh, really? And um, the head of the young driver program there at the time was a guy called Andrew Damarum. And he had me come in and drive uh, on their on their simulator. No way. And it, uh, they were putting me up against, uh, they put me in the Formula Renault and I was like trying to go around the track and see if I could beat like certain driver's times. I think I got within a second and a half of Mark Webber's time, and he was really? the, he was their Australian Formula One driver at the time. 
but I couldn't get close enough to beat the time because I wasn't strong enough. Um, in Formula One, you when you press the brakes, like you will apply as much force onto the brakes as you can physically press. Mm. Mark Webber's a grown man. He hits this brake, he's hitting it with 130, 140 kilograms of force. Physically, I couldn't do that. I'm coming into brake and I can't brake as late as he could. Yeah. But the guy on the simulator that would beat us all was uh, Jean-Eric Verne. No one could touch him on the really? sim. Yeah, Jean-Eric Verne. He, he used to drive for Toro Rosso. Them, he's a great driver. I think he drives in Formula E now. But he was a uh, he was fantastic for them at the time, and he uh, and he he beat all our times. But that that was at the time when I was at Red Bull, and at the same time, I think I'd moved into a category called KF in in World Series. And I remember my last race was at a track called Zuera, and I remember going out and qualifying, and I put it on P two in World Series. So I'm like, wow, like I'm second on the grid. Who's first on the grid? A kid called uh, Callum Islet, who's another British driver. He just came second in Formula 2. Everyone believes he should be in Formula 1 this year. I think he has a, a reserve drive uh, who's like fourth and fifth on the grid. George Russell was like 10th on the grid. He drives for Williams. Wow. Uh, a guy called uh, Arnold Converse is a professional car and racer, world champion from yeah. France, was like fourth on the grid, fifth on the grid. Pedro Hildebrand was sixth or seventh on the grid. I remember speaking to him after qualifying. He qualified like sixth. I was in second. He's a world champion in car yeah. now. I was like, oh, I'm surrounded by all these guys. I look back now. I'm like, oh, where yeah. are these guys at? Well, Oh, they're all like driving for Formula One teams or like reserve drivers. Yeah. Oh, where's OJ? Oh, he plays running back at USC. <laughs> what? Who would have thought, man? What? So you're, you're beating these guys. You're racing amongst them. You're yeah, training with them at these facilities. Yeah. And now they're at the top of the game. They're Correct. F1. Correct. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I would be like, man, I'm, I'm supposed to be there. Like, there's. Like, and it's tough, yeah, right? Yeah, Because, like, right, we were talking about sure. this earlier with the Netflix documentary. Oh, I Drive to Survive? Called. Yeah, Drive to can't Survive. Can't watch it. They asked you about it. And can't you're watch like, it. There's no shot I'm watching. I can't that. watch it. And <laughs> I think I, w- I went through something similar with that where it's like, so I got hurt uh, two years ago. I got concussed against Missouri. Yeah. Big game. And yeah, it was a big win. Big game. Right? Huge win. And Ranked Missouri. It's kind of like the culmination of your career where it's like, I've been working so hard for this. At this moment. And it finally happens. We yeah. um, get the start. Th- yeah. So we beat, you know, Missouri's coming in there. I believe they're five and one. Yeah. And we're probably one in five. Yeah, so yeah, complete, yeah, yeah. Two different complete spectrums. And there wasn't a lot of optimism around our program at the time. Um, you know, but I came in and I uh, got the opportunity to start and, you know, we, we won the game. Uh, I was knocked out like third quarter. But yeah. then the week after that, we had a bye week and then we played the University of Florida. Florida. In Florida. At Florida in the swamp. And you're from and Miami. Yeah. <laughs> if you know me, I grew up the biggest Florida Tim Gator Tebow fan on the, on the planet. I mean, fanboy to yep. the T. So my dad uh, went to Florida. A lot of my family went to Florida. Big go, go. Literally half of my room was painted orange. <laughs> the top was blue. Is it Actually. orange and blue or blue and orange for one? Because I've never known this. Blue and orange? Blue and orange. I don't know if it matters. Anyways, literally Tim Tebow, fat head. <laughs> Everything Florida Gators. My dream was to be Tim Tebow, play for the Florida Gators. And, uh, you know, obviously to play in the swamp is, is a really cool Huge. thing. I grew up going to the games, Huge. watching these legends win national championships in the oh. Orange Bowl against OU. And I wasn't healthy enough to play. And, you know, we're playing them. And I just, I can't even watch the game. No. Because can't. I know I should be there. I know I should be there with my teammates, helping them win a football game against, you know, what would be the biggest moment of my life up until then. And I can't do it. No. And Can't bring yourself to watch it. I mean, it was, it was probably a really uh, difficult moment in my life yeah. where I'm, I'm helpless in a sense and I'm going through this injury and I don't know what's going to happen to me the rest of the year. Um, you know, I was like, 
even my appetite, man. Like I just couldn't eat. Couldn't eat anything. I, it was yeah. just I was just sick to my stomach. I, I was gonna be there so bad. I couldn't even watch football for a few weeks, man. Just like my roommates, kids. Justice and Carlton, they're like, they're watching huge games. Like yeah. the NFL playoffs are on, the college football playoffs. Like, no, bro. I can't like. Can't watch it. it was this weird thing, and I mean, I'm I've been the biggest football fan my entire life growing up, and huge. I couldn't watch just for, for a solid few weeks. I was no football, just non-existent, and I think it's because you know you do it every day too, watching tape and stuff. I just needed a little a little reset. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah, it's probably the same thing with racing, at least for a little bit. Honestly, like for a, when I watch racing, especially Formula Two or Formula uh, One with the uh, reserve drivers, I see so many of them, and I remember being their teammates or competing against them on a the track. And I see guys coming up. Nikita Mazepin's now a Formula One driver. I remember competing against this guy on the track. Jack Aitken's Formula One driver now is reserve driver. He got some time in Bahrain. I remember driving against him in car, and we were the same teammates at Richard Lock Racing. Uh, Pietro Fittipaldi, um, the grandson of the great Fittipaldi. Um, I remember driving against him in Formula BM, uh, Formula Renault when I made my Formula Renault debut. And all these guys, I'm like, I see them on the big yeah. screen. Like they're living what I had thought yeah. for my whole life is what I'm going to live. And I'm just not there. So it's, I understand what you mean when you say it's It's tough. so different when you know firsthand you can do it because you've yeah. seen it in person i've been there yeah i was there <laughs> yeah right? it's something it's where it's like hey i'm an up-and-coming driver i've done the simulation and like i think i'm good enough yeah. but it's another thing to actually be on the track and then with those having guys being these guys yeah. and know I'm, I'm on this level i'm with these guys yeah, yeah. i think we were talking about this earlier with uh, the training facility going back to football with bomberitos oh yeah the best place i in think <laughs> great training facility fantastic in, um, davie florida where we trained this offseason yep but I think one of the, the big takeaways, at least for me, besides uh, the great training, yep. was the mental aspect where it's like I'm training with NFL quarterbacks, NFL receivers, all these great all pro. The best guys. Pro it's guys. not even just yeah, best random in the world, guys. Right? It's like the best players. And you Tyree realize you've been. Yeah, you're, right. <laughs> you're, you're doing conditioning and sprints with Tyreek Hill. Yep. And Tyreek's a freak. But Incredible. Uh, with some other guys, especially, you realize you've been putting them on a pedestal this whole yeah. time. This is impossible. Like, look at these guys. Yeah, because you watch them on TV. You're like, this is a different arena yeah. than I'm in. I'm not I'm not, I'm not at this level. And then you actually train with them, and you're like, I'm there. I'm here. I'm, I'm yeah. close. I can really and, run and with I these guys. I can really do this. Yeah. I can really do this and run with these guys. They're humans as well. Yeah. They just train at the highest level, and they put their body through it. Yeah. Put, them through, put themselves through the ringer. Right, and especially even running backs, right? So you got close with Frank Gore, and he's been Incredible. sort of mentor for you. He's been, yeah, process. he was very influential with me like last summer and I was very incredibly lucky to spend a lot of time with him and, and train with him. And he showed me a lot about what it means to be a great running back, how to be a great running back, the reads to make, the steps to make, but most importantly, how hard to work. Like that guy lives and breathes football. Yeah. And I thought to myself every day that I was training with him, like I can do, I can live and breathe football yeah. as well. I, I can be right here. I love it. And I'll be, I'll be thankful for it. Yeah. I'm like, it's not even a task. It doesn't feel like a task. Yeah. At least not to me. Well, I you think, feel the same I think he has to. It's the only way to stay in the league. Absolutely. I don't know. 16 years? Yeah. 16, Can we look it up? Years? How many years has Frank Gore been in the league? 16. Has, and I don't think... It's 16? 16. Okay, I don't yeah, 16,000 I don't think exactly. any running back has ever done that. No, he's incredible. And it's not by accident because yeah. I go into the Bomberitos facility. He's in the training room for at least an hour or two before the run starts. Yep. The run's at like 7. 7 a.m. So he's up, I don't know, 4 or 5 a.m. Yep. Just finished then 16. Then he does... Just 16. 16. Mm -hmm. 
right. next this fall this upcoming season will be 17. And I think he said he wants to play another year. He's gonna he be did, no, this Which, is that's what Cody was like. Can't go out like that. He's around going out 0 and 16. Yeah. He's bro, he, the guy's mindset is insane. I've never he's, met anyone like it, bro. You know, sitting here, I don't think a lot of people have done it. You're probably the only British or maybe European guy to to be in these this position, these shoes. Like, what advice at your position would you give to an international player? Say. Young OJ five years yeah. ago. Like, what would you <laughs> tell good. him or a prospective international player who wants to? Honestly, um, I've been I've been very fortunate. Like, for me to be sat here, so many stars have to have aligned. So I've been very fortunate in that regard. But in many ways, in my opinion, you make your own luck. So there's a lot of kids in the UK, a lot of guys playing in university in the UK, a lot of athletes in the United Kingdom that wouldn't even think about playing American football. They can play. Believe me, like I've seen the players in this country and there's fantastic athletes in this country. There's kids in Europe that can play. Now, I know that the NFL UK is trying to help some kids out, uh, the NFL Academy, sorry, in the United Kingdom is trying to help some kids out and trying to get them uh, scholarships here in the United States to come and play in college. And that that is being built up and that's going to help kids in vast amounts. It's going to bring a lot of kids to the US to play football that wouldn't have played football before. And I'm thinking there's like one or two guys maybe going to Akron or schools mm -hmm. such as that. That are uh, that are making their way from the UK to the US. However, the big thing, if anyone in the UK is young and they still have time to somehow make it over here for high school, if you're in the UK and you can get here for high school and play one year of high school ball, you can go and play in college. That's the move. Yeah. That's the move for sure. Because everything that I've struggled with here in this country and speaking to coaches and being recognised by coaches, all all comes from a lack of high school tape. You didn't do it in this country, so it doesn't matter. And if you didn't do it in this country in high school and when you get to college, you're, even if you're good enough, you're not going to get an opportunity because you're not a recruit. You've just turned up. You know, the guys that we're bringing in through from high school, we've been recruiting this kid for four or five years, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And he's done it in this country on yeah. this ground. I think there's also a level of persistence and dedication that you've shown that I've, it's probably unmatched. I haven't seen very often, like your initial story where you're literally tracking the different plays we're running from afar, hopping <laughs> fences. <laughs> You're saying Coach Mason's going to get out of the facility at this time. I'm just going to just him. jump him. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go. That was one of the first stories I heard about. You know, I was like, wild. man, this guy's different. Like, like if, if this guy wanted to start any kind of business, like that's the kind of attitude it takes to, to, have, to really yeah. make it really in anything. I completely agree. And then the second part too is the improvement, bro. Like, like you came in, right, and – the improvement I've seen out of you is that is I've, I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, well, between it's a between when I f when yeah, you first got to Vanderbilt and now I remember seeing you like first day at Vanderbilt. I remember everyone going in at practice and you're just outside on your own. You're just like, I just want to throw some balls. Yeah, Somebody throw some balls like and I'm there. I'm like, yo, please. I think we started yeah, yeah. we started becoming friends because so after practice, I'm always looking for guys to throw the ball Bro, every time. I was trying day. to get extra reps. And it was one day where like all the receivers were tired. Yeah, and all I'm the running done, backs, I'm everyone's done. like, you know, mid season, like yeah, the grind's how like, yeah, I'm just trying to get in, like leave. And I see you working out. I'm like, hey, OJ, oh, I don't think I've ever met you yeah, before. That's probably the first one. Uh, what's your name? You. Yo. <laughs> yeah, what's your name, bro? You came from the UK? Okay, great. Like catch some catch balls. Catch some balls, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stand right here, catch some balls. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think a lot of like my teammates that I've, I've become like really good friends with, it starts off like that. Yeah. It, it's the guys who are willing to get the extra work in with me. Because I'm always stuff. willing to just put in more time. I think that's probably the greatest factor uh, in determining, like, my position now. Like, playing quarterback at USC, I'm not the most talented guy. I'm not the biggest, fastest. 
You don't want to be uh, outworked. Everything, huh? You don't want to be outworked. Yeah. I want to be outworked. That's, that's the only reason I'm here, literally. And it's also the only reason you're here. And I think that's why we become such great friends. And of course. Started. Same mindset. And so, yeah. I, rem- I remember. impressive, brother. Oh, bro, you're impressive. Don't say that. And we've I'm got, doing, a, we've got a, the crazy part of we've got a long way to go. And so yeah. it's, it's an amazing I'm journey until done. now. But I think there's so much more to go. Oh, my God. This is just the beginning. I promise you. What's next, 10 years brother? time, we'll come back and do the same podcast and we'll just It'll replay be, it. Yeah. Ten years is probably a long time, maybe five. I don't know. What's next? It's a big season coming up. This coming season. Yeah. I was well, very so you had so you broke your fibula. So yeah, I was You've very unfortunate. That, yeah. I'm rehabbing right now uh, from a, a broken ankle slash fibula that happened last year. A bunch of tennis got broken. I was very unfortunate. My first big injury, but I've done everything I can to come back ahead of schedule. You know, they yeah. told me, "Oh, you might run by February." And I'm like, "I want, I want to run in." December they told me I'm gonna run in February so we're out in the field like running together yep everyone's gone home enjoying Christmas or whatever me and you just, just staying in LA grinding just breaking through gates trying to get into USC's field just running around <laughs> on the field together yeah limping my legs like on fire yeah. that's what's gonna be I'm gonna rehab this year come back this coming season it'll be my last season of eligibility in college and I'm gonna do all I can to try and get some tape get on the field I think I deserve to be on the field in college football in the US absolutely I think I can play in the United States. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that I can do that. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that happens. And then after that, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that I play as a professional player in this country. Hell yeah. Tell me more about the international program so you can... So the NFL international program is this program set up by, I believe it's either the NFL UK or some other organization part of the NFL as international pathway. Uh, And they select, I think, 11 or 12 international athletes and they pull them together and they train with them in this kind of mini camp. And then they get them these opportunities to try out. At, I think it's one division. So it might be like the NFC North. Like you've all got tryouts with all of the NFC North, NFC North teams or AFC South or something of the sort. And there's an opportunity to become a practice squad player based purely off of these tryouts. And if you are awarded that space, you will not count on the official practice squad roster as a number. So the team usually can employ 11 players. If you're an international and you make it on, they can employ 12. So there's no risk. You don't count at Zero all. Zero risk. All they have to do is pay and you. Each team can have minimum. one international player. Each guy is can have, I believe it's one. Okay. I could be, don't quote me on that. I could be wrong, yeah. but I believe it's one at the moment. I mean, there's guys, there's two guys in the UK, one from Loughborough University and one from Nottingham University that I played against when I was in the UK yeah. who are on it this year and are running up. And, wow. and so you've played against them. I've played against know, them. You know the level of talent. I've, I know their level of talent. I've played against these guys and then I've gone and now I'm playing in Division One in the United States. Yep. I just need to get out there this year and make sure I can show on tape on the US soil that Absolutely. I can do it, which is, I think, what the important thing is, what coaches want to see. And then I'm trying to make my way across to the NFL if I can do that. Well, you're going to have a great year, brother. You know, I hope so. I think, uh, I think USC fans, I think once people hear your story and truly realize what it's taking, I think everyone's going to be rooting for you. I, I know, so. uh, I know I am. I know, uh, all our boys are, and I can't wait to see. You, uh, I've been very be a great year. I hope so. I truly hope so. You're gonna have a good year yourself, man. <laughs> I can't wait for people to see my money out on the field doing this celebration. <laughs> I don't. Know, have you seen it? The celebrate. Look, if you type in Missouri versus Vanderbilt, I'm not gonna leave till we see this. The, the two hand mo celebration. Oh, you gotta go on YouTube. Yeah, it'll be there. I promise you. I can't wait to see this celebration in a USC uniform. I can't wait. The two hands up. Two hands up. That- <laughs> just like was, this see that that wasn't even planned man it was just, planned well you might have to go into the replay and just go to the so, very end so i got i got knocked out <laughs> in the third quarter and we're in the training room going through the concussion protocol stuff like you won the game 
and it was such a I think it was really emotional for all of us like we huge. all it was a huge win yeah and win. uh the trainer he and the doctor would not allow me back on the field right because I got concussed You're like locked. I can't be on oh, crowds and I told them I have to be on the field to yep. celebrate with my teammates no matter what I don't care what happened there he is look at him throwing dots <laughs> oh that's a catch that's um, a catch Nah, man like for me it was all my teammates like they they're the ones who uh that's it get to the end of the game you'll see it there he is <laughs> the two <laughs> i just wanted to be with the guys man look at us i just want to be with the guys what a stud. And so that was a great moment and then hopefully Huge. we'll have some more coming up probably. i remember watching that on espn at the, at the mcgugan house <laughs> after the game yeah i uh <laughs> after the first game thing i did i went in the group chat with the team i said i love you boys I hope to see you, everyone at the house. Yo, yeah, bro, they, they came as well. <laughs> and so the probably the whole team, a Hold lot up. of the team, everyone was at the house, and um, I think Hold that's the, that's the best part of college football, man. It's the camaraderie, it's the guys, and it's moments you'll never get back. So. Look at this. You're gonna show your grandchildren this one day. It's a big deal. No you doubt. beat ranked Missouri. Come on, that's huge. I, I can't wait to see that celebration in a USC uniform. SC, baby. You win, you, win a, you win a game, you better throw up those two ones. <laughs> that's the one. Huh? I don't want to see any twos. <laughs> it's not going to count. Just I, you, could throw up, you could throw up the final. Yeah. Double, it's a little double spin final. on it. No doubt. Same celebration. Cool. Give or take. Well, thanks for being on, brother. Oh, my gosh. Thanks I for having me. It, my guy. Of course. Thank you for having me, bro. Tell Anytime. The, tell the people where they can find you social media wise. Of course, yes. SamoJ97 on IG. And uh, Samuel Orm Jones on Twitter. If there's uh, any NFL coaches interested, hit me up. <laughs> hit him up. <laughs> any coaches interested, hit me up. I'll, I'll be. I'll reply immediately. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm no. available. Please. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Get me anytime. Yes, sir. Anytime. Thank you, boys. Cool.